0: We all need hope. Before I forget, Kids Church. <laughs> I don't want to get right into this before I get into it. I believe, Julia, you on Kids Church, I believe. Okay, I, maybe that's wrong, but okay. Sweet. We'll make it work. Okay, thank you, Julia. Um, so if you have younglings, you can send them with Julia. Yeah, follow her. She's in the black and white there, heading to the back. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Julia. So welcome to The Rock Church. If this is your first time here, I'm Pastor Brandon. Um, the Assistant Pastor to Dallas. So I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, Dallas and Leah are on holidays. Uh, they're down in Montana at Lifelinks Camp, I believe, and they're down enjoying themselves down there. So. Pray for rest, pray for rejuvenation, pray for, yeah, just supernatural peace as they're down here enjoying themselves. So another thing I'm gonna say before I forget is uh, online church. Online church, welcome. Welcome, you are part of this too. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in on with us online. Um, I'm gonna do something that sons and daughters should always do when their, their parents are tuning in. So hi, mom. Yeah, my mom, my mom told me she was uh, subscribed last night and she texted me saying like, you're on son, you're on tomorrow. And I was like, how did you know? And then she was like, oh, I'm subscribed to the YouTube channel. So yeah, so subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and subscribe, just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, my name's Pastor Brandon. I'm, if you are new, uh, my wife Jessica and I have been coming to church for a few months now. It's almost about seven months now, so that's crazy. Time flies. feels like yesterday. If you haven't been with us the last few weeks, we are continuing our series. It's all in the name. Uh, so we've been going through these different names of God that describe different attributes, different characteristics, and different, different ways we can view God. And it's just last week we had Pastor Dallas talk about um, God as king, So we had a bit of a shorter message last week, but we talked about God as kingship, and what he needs to be king over in our lives, and just how beautifully Dallas tied that in together, and um, so this week we're going to be going into the name of hope, God's name of hope. <clears throat> I entitled this sermon, and this is in your notes if you grab the pair of notes, but if not, don't worry about it. I have entitled this sermon, A Call to Hope Again. A Call to Hope Again. My heart and my main point with us today is that we would walk away from this building and we would reshift our hope to the author of hope, to Christ alone. God will not let you down is worthy of your hope. He's worthy of your trust. He's worthy of putting all your faith and everything you are in him. He is a firm, firm foundation and he is a rock to all who trust in him. <clears throat> I asked, uh, this is in your sermon notes, so this is kind of the first blank, blank there. God's name as hope is mikwe, yas, Israel. Meaning the hope of Israel. Glenn you can tear me tear me apart later if you think my pronunciation is terrible which it probably is but uh, we, we make it work so. The text that I'm going to be reading from and you can turn if you have your Bibles with me if you have them on your phone you can turn with me there. Jeremiah 17. Before we go into that though I believe it is helpful that we define define what hope is. We look at a a good definition of what hope is in a dictionary. And thanks to Google, I got a good definition here. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So I want to open up with a question. And you don't have to share this out loud. You can if you want, but it's kind of, it it could be embarrassing, but... I want to open us up with a question. What are you hoping in today? Where is your hope? Maybe you're hoping for that job, that job on the horizon that you always wanted. Maybe you're hoping for a move, a transition in life. Maybe you're hoping for more finances in your next few foreseen for future future. For sorry, I'm butchering that word. Maybe your hope is in the next school year. And maybe you're looking forward to retirement. Or maybe you're pursuing something right now in the area of your health where you're hoping that you will get better. I think the problem with that though, sometimes is that we always get caught in this tunnel vision where we're always trying to get over the hill. We think that If we just get trek over this hill, the grass will be greener over here. I just got to get from point A to point B. Maybe your hope today is in a person. Maybe your spouse, maybe a family member, maybe a good friend. Let's take it a step further. Maybe it's in a political leader. Maybe it's even in a pastor your possessions or your good health there's many things that we can find our hope in our trust in in life so I want to share just a quick story of hope in my life a quick story from growing up in the reservation uh, I grew up in a reservation attack from First Nation it is an hour and a half northwest of Saskatoon and uh, I grew up in the reserve and growing up in a small community We didn't have really much to do. So I would spend lots and lots of time fishing. So those of you who are getting to know me, you know that I love fishing. Uh, Yeah, I love, I love fishing. I love just being out in the water and casting for hours on end. And I was privileged growing up that my, in my reservation, there was a place in my reservation that we were just, we were stationed right next to a lake. So my home was right next to a lake. It was literally a five minute walk to the lake and I could fish, fish, and fish. I remember catching my first fish as a teenager. I was probably about 13 years old or 12 years old or something. And I just remember the joy, the, the hope that I'm gonna bring this fish in and just how exciting it was. And I just remember it very, very visually. And I could just remember my emotions and my excitement and my joy in that moment. It was such a joyous time and just a great time for me to be growing up in. And um, that was one of the highlights of my youth. Uh, The lake in my reservation is called Heinz Lake. And so I made it my goal because I caught my first fish and it was probably about this this small. But I don't know, each story it gets bigger. So (laughs) but my goal was to catch the Heinz monster. So, I was gonna catch the, the biggest northern pike that that lake had to offer. So, that required a lot of time and a lot of energy. So, me going on the shore and just fishing, fishing, fishing. My reserve, the lake, the part I walked down to, it was called the Point. So, it was just this landmass of this point. So, this landmass that goes like that, basically, I just gotta go like that. So, it's this landmass that would be literally a point. And my house was way down here. So we would go and fish right here at the very end. And we would shore fish and the drop off would be there. And that's where I believe the hind monster was living. <laughs> so I would be fishing on end, trying to catch this fish, hoping that it would catch the hind monster. And one of my siblings, my eldest sister, Crystal, she went back because she was like, this is boring, I'm going home turned around went home she came back and she had this sinking feeling in her face she she exclaimed to us that there's a bear at the end of the road there's a bear at the end of the point so we cannot swim away and like siblings at that age we were just calling her out saying baloney that's you're full of it You're, you're just joking with us but she, she kept explaining that there's a bear at the end of the road. And so very quickly my hope shifted from trying to catch the Heinz monster to am I going to even get out of here alive? Because it was fall season and the bears were bulking up for the winter and I was kind of scared and I mean if you're not scared of bears then maybe you're a lot bolder than me but I always had a fear of them growing up. So Anyway, so that story, it just... Anyways, to fast forward in that story, we're at the end of the point, we all start believing her, and then we're like, okay, we need to get out of here. We need to get home. We can't swim across, it's too far to get to the other side. Every other direction is just deep, deep water, and we're not very great, great swimmers. So we literally go along the shore, the shore of the point, and we grab like st- sticks and rocks to defend ourselves, and we slowly slowly inch our way back around and we make it home so that story is just an example of hope where is our hope our hope can just be in a simple simple hobby to be something to do something greater to get to the next step and then very quickly things can change Very quickly, things can change from hoping to catch the biggest fish in the lake to almost surviving a bear attack. We're hoping for a, a great job, a great future, and then suddenly we get sick. We get ill. And now we're fighting for our lives. So that question again, what are you hoping today in church? We all have hope in someone or some things one person that had an amazing hope that I really admire from Scripture was Jeremiah like I said before we're gonna be reading from Jeremiah 17 but before we go there and read it I am just absolutely amazed of this man the prophet Jeremiah and his hope Jeremiah was a prophet called by God. When the people of God were in exile, they were in a strange land, they were in a place they did not want to be. They were occupied by the Babylonian empire. Back in biblical times, it was a time of war. So nation would rise against nation, nation would fight for land, for political power. It was very common for things of war to happen at that time. And it just so happened that the people of Judah in this text, the people of Israel, fell to uh, an opposing nation. God always promised them that whatever they went through, that if they obeyed his commandments, his statures, his laws, that he would be with them and that he would even fight for them. And even in some, some circumstances, he fought for them and he pulled through and he got them through the hardships in life. But because of their lack of obedience, their sins, their disobedience, their lack of listening to God's statures, they chased it after idols, they chased it after different nations and harboring different things and disobeying God, they did not listen to God, and that's why God delivered them into the hands of the Babylonian Empire. <laughs> jeremiah 17 the first few verses uh verses are um basically describing what the the holy spirit um god the father is talking to jeremiah here he's speaking by the prophet jeremiah basically he's listing the first few verses the sins of judah and the things that they're not turning from so that brings us to our our section of scripture here that we're going to read I'll be reading from Jeremiah seventeen, verse five to thirteen. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and who heart, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in parched places of the desert. Of the desert. In a salt land where no one lives but is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him they'll be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots to the stream it does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it always it has no worries in the year of drought and never fa- fails to bear fruit the heart is deceitful above all things Then beyond cure, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to the the deeds deserved. Like a partridge and hatches eggs, it does not lay who are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and then they will be proved to be fools. A glorious throne, Exalted from beginning is a place is the place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to same, put to shame. Those who turn away from me will be written in dust, because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. This is what the Lord spoke through the gem to Jeremiah the prophet during a great time of desperation. In, ex- in exile in a place they do not want to be in hurt in isolation and desperation trying to seek out God trying to seek his presence and I can just imagine I can just imagine Jeremiah's emotions his mental health his emotional health even his spiritual health he was probably going through depression going through hopelessness going through hurt. This verse 13, it brings up um, that, that name of God, the hope of Israel. King David, before passing away, he came to the conclusion that without God, we are without hope. We read that in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 15. Jeremiah needed this hope. He needed this hope in the midst of drought, famine, persecution, hopelessness. Jeremiah knew that he needed a hope outside of himself, in the midst of all that was happening. Jeremiah called the God of hope... To be their Savior Jeremiah 14 verse 8 not only to be their hope but be to be their Savior in this time of need one person one person was willing to hope to hope in God in the midst of an entire nation turning away from God one person had hope and that was Jeremiah He had hope that God could turn things around from this drought, from this famine, from this persecution, from this opposing nation. He had hope that the Lord would act in this dark place. The word mikwe in the original Hebrew, it means something waited for. A confidence in an object or subject this word also has its root meaning and waiting for the Lord to act the very big definition with our definition of hope is that we, we look to something like we hope something will get better we hope that this thing will happen but biblical hope is very very different from the world's hope it's a confidence It's a confidence that the Lord will act. It's putting your faith and your trust in him and him alone that he will act, he will prevail, he will get you through this scenario. All those emotions I just laid of Jeremiah, I'm sure that many of us, many of us in this room, those of us online, we can identify. Maybe you're going through illness. Maybe you're in a place you do not want to be. Maybe you're experiencing persecution, maybe depression, maybe grief. Maybe you're just not in the place that you want to be right now in your life, in this this season of life you're in. Would your response be that like of Jeremiah here? He was one, an entire nation willing to act and to walk towards the Lord in hope. What do you need God to act on today? Let's make our crests, our requests known to the King. <clears throat> that begs the question, why why should we even hope in God? It's it's a valid question and it's something I often think of. There are three points that I want to highlight from this section of scripture that I can that I feel like we can point to for reasons to hope. Reasons to hope in God and Him alone. First point, God is not like people. People will let us down. First 9 and 10, we see that. We often put our hope in family and loved ones and friends, and this is all great and all that have those great, solid relationships, and I encourage it by all means, but if our hope is solely in people, it needs to reshift. Even the greatest people at the end of the day are just people. We make mistakes. We let each other down. We put our hope in friends, family, pastors, leaders, political parties, just people. Healthy amount in people, healthy amount of hope in people is good, but we need to reshift that and put our soul help Primarily focusing on God, having all our hope rest on him. Second point, God will bless those whose hope is in him. Verse 7 and 8. If our hope is built in other than God, then God will bless us. God will bless us richly. When the church talks about blessing, I'm not talking about financial or material blessing, but I'm talking about a spiritual blessing, a blessing of peace, a blessing of unity in your home, health amongst your family, your friends. It talks about scripture having the blessings of waters of nourishment from God in this section of scripture having his peace to surround you and comfort you and guide you and be the source of your life. When your hope is in this place, you will not be shaken because your hope rests in the author of hope. Point three, those who hope, <clears throat> whose hope is in Jesus will never be put to shame. The final reason to put your hope in God is that you will not be put to shame. The Lord is a safe place, a safe place to build your foundation, to put all your hope and your trust in in life. People, possessions, health, our jobs, our security, our finances, everything will eventually fade away and let us down. The Lord will not let you down. He is a strong, strong foundation. He is worthy of your hope. So, wherever our hope is today, church, these are reasons that we can hope in God. He is worthy of your hope. So, wherever your hope is today, church, I would urge you can we reshift our hope? Do we need to make a reshift in our lives where we're putting our hope? That begs the question, how can we even reshift? How do we even reshift our faith, our hope in our lives? That brings me to the next portion of our our sermon here. We can reshift our hope, point one, by repent. We can repent of putting things, putting our hope in other things. The people of Judah in this text, they had high places. High places where they would worship and sacrifice to false gods and they would worship false idols. They would put their hope and their trust in these false deities and trust that, oh, the answer is in this deity or that deity or that God. Even the people of Israel, the people of Judah here, they would put their hope in other nations the opposing nations where they they would go partner up with a political party or a political nation so that they would gain gain great alliances. Their hope was in the wrong place. And unfortunately today, we tend to do the same. We tend to put our hope in idols... And I'm not saying like physical, literal idols that we could see on the street, we see this image, but sports, finances, our health, our security, our family, our loved ones, the list can go on and on and on. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have these things in your life. I'm not saying that at all. But if it comes to the point of idolizing, putting it above God, loving it more than God, hoping in it more than God, then I think there's a need for repentance there. The people of Judah put their hope in other nations to help them, to save them, and we tend to do that today as well. We put our hope in our leaders in our government in our friends for security, for purpose, So we need to reshift some things in that first area. We need to repent and put our hope and our trust in Christ alone. A second way we can reshift our hope is we can trust God with our problems. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Cast your burdens on me, for, for I care for you. We can cast our troubles, our hurts, our insecurities, our struggles in life upon God. He can handle it all. He knows what you're going through already right now. And even the deep, deep, ugly stuff, God can handle it. You can cast those burdens before him. You can bring those things before him. One of the books of the Bible that I absolutely love is the Psalms. The solemnists are singing these amazing, amazing worship songs to God. But then they just go through this really big lull where they're just down and they're asking God, where are you? Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Where are you, God? And we just see this emotional upheaval of praise God. Oh, God, where are you? Praise God. And it's just like that throughout the entire book of Psalms. Something I love about that is that it inspires me to be real before God. And we can do that today, too. Even the the gross, nitty gritty stuff about us, he can handle it. And even he knows about it right now. We cannot even hide anything from him. He knows all things. We can bring those burdens to him. So that's the second way we can reshift our hope. A third and final way we can do that is we can ask for his help. His help alone in our lives we can ask for his help to be to hope in him if we have trouble asking for God's if we have trouble in this area of our lives of hoping in other things God loves to change people's lives he loves to change hearts so we can ask for his help in this area God I'm hoping in finances too much God, I'm hoping in material possessions too much. I'm hoping in my job, my health, my security. God, would you help me? Help me put my hope and my trust in you and you alone. Everything else is second. In closing, I just want to share a very quick story that absolutely astonished me, that um, I sometimes get in this weird mood where I, I, I just watch National Geographic, or I watch like uh, a documentary about like something in that's happening on our side of the world. And uh, <clears throat> one story that I was scrolling YouTube, and um, I found this vi- video of this very, very amazing discovery in the ocean. Some of you probably already noticed this, but or know this, know of this, but. One of, this, this place of discovery was the deepest part of the ocean. Back in the 1800s, 1860, I believe, this boat called the HMS Challenger would go around the ocean. Its goal was to find the depths of the ocean in this area. So it set out to explore this area. And the area that it was exploring was the Western Pacific Ocean. And this was a few hundred kilometers off the island of Guam. It started measuring this place beside the Mariana Trench. And it started going from place to place and measuring its depths. It took measurements from this big rope wound up. It would go for kilometers and kilometers and it would have an anchor in it. This this device was called the weighted sounding rope. So basically, they would just go from a different part of the ocean, drop the anchor, it'd go down, it'd reach its depth. they record it, they move it to the next area, the very exact same thing, drop it down, record the depth. And they were doing this all around the Mariana Trench. And this big, big, amazing, amazing crack just on the ocean floor. And I just find this absolutely amazing, but um, They kept going to a place, and they dropped it, and the rope kept going, and going, and going, and going. And they were looking at it, looking at their their resources or their supply of rope. And they were like, this is, we don't have enough rope. So eventually they ran out, and it hit the bottom of, it it hit their reservoir of eight kilometers. So, this rope would just, they were like, we can't measure this. this. It keeps going. It wasn't until a few decades later, in 1951, the HMS Challenger II went to the exact same spot with better technology and a deeper, deeper rope. They would drop it again and it would go and go and go until it reached the bottom. And the depth they recorded there is 35,856 feet. That's deep. So deep that if you take Mount Everest and you flip it upside down in that ocean floor to try to get to the bottom, there's still a few hundred meters to go. The total depth in miles is seven miles down. 11 kilometers in kilometers for us Canadians. This area in the world became known as Challenger Deep. And is the deepest part of the world. I found that absolutely amazing. That just God's creation, God's handiwork is just all over and probably some of you are wondering right now like what does it have to do with hope brandon that's a very cool story but what does that have to do with hope and i'm glad you asked (laughs) god's love for you is deeper than the ocean floor it is very 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 deep for you he loves you more than the vast, vast, vast ocean, the expansion of space. He loves you. And he desires you to put your hope and your trust in him alone. His love is deeper than 35, 856 feet. You can hope in God. You can rest your hope, everything you are, in him. He is worthy of all your hope, all your trust, all your adoration. Your hope can rest in Christ Christ alone for everything. His love for you is deeper than depression, illness, loss, addiction. The list can go on. Worship team, you guys can come now. So church, um, as we close this service, let's reshift our hope. Let's reshift our hope in our lives. God is worthy of putting all our hope, all our trust, all of our everything in him. God will not let you down, and in turn, we can be vessels of hope wherever we go to the people around us it's it's not very hard for us to look around this world and see that it has it needs hope our economy still is kind of wonky the government constantly disappoints the our interest rates are going up there's constant disappointment we see homelessness is on the rise we see violence is on the rise gang violence is on the rise We hear of domestic abuse and child trafficking and all these ugly, terrible, terrible things that are happening. We see a sickness, a sickness to this world. It's a lack of hope. It's hopelessness. The Bible tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs 13, 12. Where there's no hope, people get sick. Can you imagine what kind of difference we would make if all of our lives rested in Christ alone? That he is the sole source of our hope in our lives and everything else is second. Can you imagine what difference we can make in this world? If the church walked as the body of Christ whose hope was in him. Jeremiah took a stance in that time. He decided to hope in God. And we could do that today too. We could take a stance, even right now, even today, to hope in none other than Christ alone. On the Rock Church logo, it says bringing hope to life. We can bring hope to life. Wherever we go. As, I, as the worship team plays a song here, I just want to do something. I want to give us an opportunity to respond. So with everyone's heads lowered and eyes closed, and as we, we dive into prayer together, I just, want to, I just want to open this time just for a short time of prayer as the worship team plays. And we, we sing our last worship song. What do you need hope in today? Where do you need God to arrive in? God is not limited by anything. God is limitless. He is amazing. Maybe you're going through a financial struggle. Maybe you're going through illness or maybe you're in a place of hurt. Wherever you're at today, I just want us to be the church right now. If you're in a place of hopelessness and hurt and you just need prayer, would you raise your hand?